For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. folks welcome to pickaxe and roll brought to you by superbook sports i'm your host ryan blackburn at nba blackburn on twitter part of the mile high sports podcast network and i'm excited to discuss the middle of the season as the denver nuggets have finally crossed the 41 game threshold with last night's win over the impaired we will call them phoenix suns uh very very uh lax in terms of the actual number of players that they have and the actual desire that they had to win this last game. Denver took full advantage and they are now 28 and 13 at the midway point of the season. And I got to be honest, that's a really exciting thing. That's a really exciting aspect of this season because I don't know if Denver's even been 28 and 13 before in their history. They might have been. I, I think maybe the 29, uh, 2009-2010 season might be one. And actually, having just looked it up, Denver during the 2009-2010 season, they were 27 and 14. 27 and 14 in the 2008-2009 season, the year they made the Western Conference Finals. Both of those years with Melo and Chauncey, of course, but Denver was leading the Western Conference in that second one. Actually, looking it up, 2018-2019, Denver's 54-win season with Jokic, Murray, Guys like that, they were also 28 and 13. But during the bubble, Denver was 29 and 12 at the 41 game mark of the season. They were actually killing it. That's a really surprising thing. I I had sort of forgotten the season had been that good at that threshold. So, really interesting to kind of go back through, look at some of those seasons. But Denver made the Western Conference Finals that year. This year, they go 28 and 13 through the first 41 games. What will they do going forward? But for now, I wanted to go over midseason grades for a whole bunch of folks. But most importantly, I wanted to do it for, we're just going to do it for the roster. But we're going to start with Michael Malone and with Calvin Booth, who I think it's gone underrated what they've done for this season and sort of setting everything up, making sure that everybody was very, very focused on what had to be done. And I got to be honest, with Michael Malone, it's a hard grade to have because with the best talent that Denver has had defensively, I'm surprised that they have struggled to get more motivated to be a great defense. But when you look at it and when you look at what Denver actually has to deal with, them getting back around to it over the course of January, uh, basically over the last month of the season, says a lot about Michael Malone. He's talked about trying to get that message to land before, and it has finally landed. He's been pushing a lot of buttons, helping bring along both Jamal Murray and Michael Porter, getting Bones Highland back on track, all of those things. You can't just give credit to Michael Malone for it, but he takes some of it because he is the head coach. He's the guy who is making a lot of these decisions and trying to connect with these guys as best as he can. So if I were to give him a grade on the year, it's probably B+. I think that seems reasonable, maybe maybe A-, minus, but I think in the B range probably makes more sense. If Denver was in the top 15 right now in defense with the same level of offense, then I think I'd give it an A. But right now, Denver's at the top of the conference. They have focused up enough, and that is what Michael Malone's job is. So him doing that, he deserves a lot of credit for that. Calvin Booth? also deserves a lot of credit. We're going to talk about a lot of the roster changes that have gone have been undertaken and things that Denver has done to put themselves into a position where they could be successful. The KCP edition, slam dunk. Absolutely great. The Bruce Brown edition, slam dunk. 
absolutely great. Those guys are very, very important for what the Nuggets are going to be doing over the course of these uh, this next year and maybe longer. And I am very confident that Denver doesn't get both of those moves done unless they have Calvin Booth and him drafting Christian Brown, Peyton Watson. Uh, we will see what Peyton Watson ultimately looks like, but Ismael Kamigate is another guy that Denver really likes. We'll see what he looks like next season. I think he's probably going to come over next year. But I I have a very strong feeling about Denver's additions, trading for KCP and Ish Smith. DeAndre Jordan is more of a bench veteran than anything else, trusting Zeke Naji and trusting Vlako Chanchar. Michael Malone gets more credit for helping bring those guys along, but Calvin Booth didn't put anybody in their way. So really good stuff. I think Calvin Booth probably gets an A- minus in terms of the personnel stuff. There are things that he probably could have done better in terms of getting another backup big man to be on the roster, but he has time for that and maybe Denver doesn't even need it. We don't really know. So we will just cross that bridge. When the trade deadline happens, I think at this moment, probably an incomplete for Calvin Booth, and we will see what happens after the trade deadline. All right, now on to the players. We'll go quickly through the reserves here. Uh, We're going in reverse order of total minutes played over the course of the first and second segment of this podcast. After that, in the third segment, I want to go over the two-man net rating chart that I posted over during this afternoon. And there are some things that I want to cover from that little bit because I think that's interesting content. But midseason grades for the players, let's do that first. We've got two incomplete grades so far, Peyton Watson and Jack White. Peyton Watson, it's hard to evaluate what exactly he has done. There are some good things, that, like really good things, that he has done in the G League. He is showing off his physical tools. He's showing off the coordination and some basketball IQ in the professional game that he didn't really get to show at the college level. And that's encouraging to have him play in a little bit more of an open floor. Michael Malone, uh, not, not Michael Malone, Calvin Booth really liked what Peyton Watson does. That was the first guy that he really went to bat for in terms of, okay, this is the guy that I want to take a chance on. Because when you draft somebody with the 30th overall pick that has scored like three points per game in college, it's a big risk to take. There's no other way to say it. So for Calvin Booth to be able to claim that, uh, it's an incomplete right now because he hasn't really played any professional minutes, but I don't want to just write it off. With Jack White, it's a little bit different because Jack White's a little bit older. You would have expected... Jack White to play a little bit more than he has so far. I think he's up to like 32 total minutes, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 32 minutes. That's not great in terms of he has a very limited opportunity to make an imprint on the NBA or else the Nuggets are probably going to use that spot next year for somebody who is a little bit more high upside. They wanted the stability of somebody like Jack White. As it turns out, Vlako Chanchar has provided them enough stability at that position that it hasn't really been necessary for Jack White to step in. But let's say Vlako Chanchar gets hurt. Let's say he's not available in addition to Jeff Green not being available. You might have seen some more Jack White minutes. I'm kind of glad that we didn't because what it says to me is that Denver has found a way to um, – They've just, they've just found a way to stay mostly healthy this year. They haven't had that many that many major injuries, which is great. But Jack White incomplete. We will see if he um, if he gets to play a little bit more, but I sort of doubt it at this stage. Ish Smith for me gets a C plus. He's played 163 minutes this year. Done some good things, some not so good things. I think that. It really does stand out that he and Bones have barely played together, and I think that's by design. 
I think that the Nuggets have just wanted to stick it out with Bones. They believe in him. It's one of the reasons why they traded Monte Morris. They knew that they would trust Bones in this situation. I think they're following through on their plan. If Ish Smith had played a little bit better in general, then he might have a little bit more um a little bit more minutes to his name at this point. But I'm not surprised that this is kind of where he's at. He is good. He's a good player. I don't think there's any question about that. And he's been a really good veteran leader, just a part of what Denver has done. But he has played the 14th most total minutes. Colin Gillespie, who obviously gets an incomplete for me because he hasn't even played. He's working his way back, though, which is cool. Um, Ish Smith has played the 14th most minutes. I expected Vlatko to play the 14th most minutes. And as it turns out, Vlatko's now at the 10th most minutes. And he's starting to rise up in terms of the, the overall role that he's playing. But for Ish to be able to just sort of handle that veteran aspect of things, he gets a C plus because I didn't expect that much more from him. If he had played more and been good, then he'd get a higher grade. As it turns out, he hasn't really been needed. Davon Reed gets a D plus for me. Uh, he is one of the only guys that I, I gave a failing grade to. Everybody else had a C or above, and Davon just hasn't really latched on in terms of what he can do to help in the half court for what the Nuggets were hoping for. He got the first opportunity before Christian Brown, and it became very clear very quickly in my mind that Christian Brown was a guy who deserved to play more because of his overall impact. Davon, he's on a very small contract in terms of what he can really expect. Uh, he has very few opportunities to make good on those opportunities because it just seems to me like Christian Brown's a guy you want to invest in right now. You want to see what he can do. But even beyond that, Denver just has a whole bunch of guys at the top of their rotation that play Davon's position or are pretty close. So they have been more than willing to play those guys a bunch of minutes and Davon just hasn't really fit in. Kind of expected, not necessarily thinking that he was going to play that much more, but I thought that it was going to be more of an even split between him and Christian Brown. As it turns out, it has been more Christian Brown. Christian Brown has doubled Davon Reed's total minutes, which I did not expect. Christian Brown's played the eighth most minutes on the team. With Nuggets Nation, you'd think that he'd played like the the 12th most minutes on the team, but no, he he's played he's played a bunch of time. Christian Brown's at 500 minutes on, or 517 minutes on the season. But back to lower in the rotation in terms of minute totals. Zeke Naji, 351 total minutes. He's 12th on the team, just behind DeAndre Jordan at 393. Zeke has played 31 games. And he's not averaging a bunch of minutes. He's only grabbed 52 total rebounds this year, which is fewer than a lot of guys. Uh, but what he has done really well, I think, is help connect what the bench has needed to do on the defensive end. I think that Zeke has shown some things at the center spot that I didn't expect. He hasn't shown any rebounding. That's still something that he's probably got to do. And honestly, to be fair, maybe if he was playing with another bigger player who was guarding uh, some of those bigger guys, then he would grab more rebounds. That might be something. But right now, what Zeke Naji does as a rebounder is he just stands and blocks out the best offensive rebounder on the opposing team. And he's actually pretty good at it. Is that the most helpful thing that he could do? I don't know. But it seems like Denver has been fine with their defensive rebounding when he's out there. So I do think that he could be better. Shooting four of 22 from three is not something I expected. But he has shot 72.6% from two. To give a comparison, DeAndre Jordan has shot 55 of 73 on two-pointers. Zeke Naji has shot 53 out of 73 on two-pointers. Same number of twos. DeAndre's made two more. 
Zeke has, uh, he's still a little bit tentative at times, but he's mostly just been very patient and been going up strong. And that has really helped him. In addition, he's 20 of 25 from the free throw line, which isn't a lot of attempts. But DeAndre Jordan is 17 of 36, 47.2%. Zeke is at 80% from the line. They do things in different ways, definitely more productive from DeAndre than from Zeke specifically. He's got a lot of things to learn in terms of being a fulcrum of what the Nuggets want to do offensively. But I give Zeke a B minus. I think that that's fair. Uh, I gave DeAndre Jordan a C plus by comparison. Zeke has been slightly better. And he it's not like he's ran away with job or anything like that. There's still some reason to believe that Denver might look for an upgrade. But he's been better than DeAndre. And DeAndre has some different circumstances that keep him in the passing grade category at C+. But Zeke's been a little bit better. Still a guy that Denver should continue to invest in, I think. And DeAndre, just fantastic veteran leader. That's pretty much the entire reason. He's had some good moments on the court. Not nearly as many as he's had in terms of being a veteran leader with the team. And just all of the countless examples that you can give of what DeAndre has meant to the locker room. Which, that's a big deal. You would hope that somebody like that wouldn't have played as much as he did. But uh, Denver has, like, they're they're okay. They're okay in that regard. Zeke has done a good job. And I'm not really concerned as much as I was with the backup center spot. Vlaco gets a B plus. B plus for Vlaco. That's the highest grade in terms of the primary bench guys. Or not primary, but like the the reserves. Because I have uh I have Bones and Bruce Brown in the other category. But Vlaco gets a B plus. He has played a total of 417 minutes, which uh just looking at the rest of his career really quickly. The previous career high that, Bla- that Vlaco had for minutes was 281. If you combine, and that was in 2020-21. If you combine last year and the year before together, he's played 457 minutes in those two seasons combined. This year, he's at 417. He is just trusted more. The team believes in him more. He has 37 assists in 417 minutes. Per 36 minutes, he's averaging 3.2 assists per uh, per 36. Uh, it's not as much as he was the last season, but he's still finding ways to be really, really impactful. And I like what I've seen from him. Shooting the hell out of the ball. Uh, free throw Free throw line has been really good, even though he hasn't had that many possessions. But he's just been so efficient. And even though he's turning the ball over probably a little bit too much in general, that's going to happen. Uh, He's just been a guy that Denver has had to trust with the injury to Jeff Green. And I think he stepped up really well. Uh, Deserves a lot of credit for that B+. Jeff Green gets a C. Jeff Green, not sure what to expect from Jeff when he comes back. One of the questions that I got from... Uh, for the Nuggets AMA on Friday. What do you think is going to happen when Jeff Green gets healthy? And I couldn't tell you because Vlaco has flat out outplayed Jeff Green and Jeff Green is not a center. He's a power forward. That's just his position. And what he's going to look like when he comes back, whether he's going to play when he comes back, it remains to be seen. I happen to think that Vlaco probably keeps his job but it's going to be a little bit more split. And maybe there are nights where it's a Jeff night and maybe there are nights where it's a Vlatko night. But in general, what Vlatko's done has been really helpful. Jeff hasn't had as many of those moments so far this year. And that's why he gets a C. Uh, pretty average. Like it hasn't been bad. It hasn't been horrible, but he has been fine during his time. And Denver's needed more than fine. And finally, Christian Brown, who, as I mentioned, has played the eighth most minutes on the team, 517. You start to really get steep. Bones Highlands played 687. Michael Porter's played 780 due to his injury. 
everybody else has played upwards of a thousand. So you really start to get the climb after Christian Brown. But what Christian Brown has done so far this year, just being helpful as a defender, being connected, being a guy who's been willing to do just about everything, he's been what the Nuggets expected. Maybe not more, maybe not more than what they expected because uh, his three-point percentage is still very inconsistent, still struggling to finish at the rim a little bit uh, on in the half court especially. And then there are some things that he has to do as uh, just trying to figure out how to be a passer, how to figure out how to uh, make more plays in general defensively that are are more steals and blocks related. He's never going to be a guy that overloads on steals and blocks, but Vlaco has the same number of steals and blocks in 100 fewer minutes. So that's something where Christian Brown will have to improve in general, but as he grows up in the league, I think he will. He's shown enough so far this year to, I think, give Nuggets fans at least some confidence that he can play a bigger role going forward. Lots of Nuggets fans want him to play now, but we're going to talk about that in the third segment. I have I have some takes on on Christian Brown specifically. So giving Christian Brown, Christian Brown a B, I think that he has earned a B. He's been good, hasn't been great. Uh, he's been helpful for what the Nuggets have needed, but they haven't needed him a ton lately, and that's okay. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to wrap up with the starters and primary reserves with the midseason grades. We'll be right back. Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Add this to your New Year's resolutions. Win money in 2023 with Superbook Sports. Superbook has over three decades of sports wagering experience in Las Vegas. So you'll get best odds anywhere as we head into the football playoffs. Plus, check out their special odds, boosts, and promotions at Superbook.com. Make 2023 the year when you win money from Vegas. Download the Superbook Sports app now and place your bets. This is Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. All right, we're back. Pick Axe and Roll. Thank you so much, everybody, for being a part of the program. Uh, as I mentioned, I uh, really appreciate all the ratings and things that have come in. Lots of appreciation. for. I, I posted a clip onto Twitter of the podcast. I thought that was interesting. I think you're going to get more video content from me at some point here soon. That's something that I want to set up. It's probably something YouTube related that I'll be able to do. So keep an eye out for that. If that is something that you're interested, let me know. All right. Let us look into more midseason grades. Let's give some more evaluations for what's going on. And I think the guy that we should start with is the next guy on the list from a, uh, just from the perspective of minutes. As I mentioned, that's how I've been running this. Bones Highland has played the seventh most minutes on the team. And what he has done in those 687 minutes has been very interesting to see. Comparing it from last year to this year, Bones is actually doing a lot of the same things and just maybe at kind of a higher volume than he had previously done. Uh, We'll just look per 36-wise. Last year, he was at 19.2 points per 36 minutes. This year, 23.6. Last year, 5.2 assists. This year, 5.6. Last year, he shot 46.5% from two. This year, he's at 41.7. So that could probably improve. Last year, he was at 36.6% from three. This year, he's at 41.7. He has turned himself into an elite outside shooter. He's 17th in the NBA among qualified players in three-point percentage. And given the volume of threes that he actually takes, it's a big deal. It's a really, really big deal. He's one of the only players in the NBA that is above 10 three-pointers attempted per 36 minutes. It's a very interesting benchmark and just kind of goes to show just how impressive his outside shooting can be when he gets it going. 
he went through a slump. And hopefully he comes out of it on the other side and just continues to catch fire. Uh, He's out of it now completely. He's been great over the course of these last eight games or so. And yet the Nuggets have not fared well in terms of their actual rotation while he's out there. I'm going to give him a C plus. I debated between C plus and B minus with him. I think that C plus is probably the right thing. He is still making progress. There's no doubt about it in terms of the offensive side of the four. Defensive side, I feel like he's regressed. I feel like there weren't as many defensive concerns last year as there are now. And honestly, maybe that's because there were more pressure points for Denver last year, where guys like Bryn Forbes were being attacked, where DeMarcus Cousins was being attacked. And it didn't feel like Bones Highland was being put on an island as much as he is now. Maybe that's just the scouting report come out, coming out and more people are attacking Bones Highland in general. But that's part of his game that he's got to figure out. And I, even though the assist numbers are up, even though the points and the efficiency is relatively similar to just a little bit better from a volume perspective, I think he still has to find better ways to run the offense specifically. But we're crossing that bridge. And that's just honestly, that seems more like second year player issues as opposed to a long-term thing for Bones. I think he's figuring some stuff out and he's making statistical progress. There's no doubt in my mind about that. It's more just about, okay, where does the defense go from here and how can he get it to a good, tangible place? We'll see. Michael Porter, B minus. B minus for Michael Porter being out for, I think it was 14 games in a row or so. That's a lot. That is a lot of games. And Porter is somebody that needs that time. He absolutely needs those minutes in order to become the best player that he can possibly be. Uh, It was actually 13 games in a row. Three, six, nine. Yeah, 13. He missed one uh, like the fifth game of the season. Uh, I don't remember why he missed that one in particular. But uh, this particular one, I don't think he's missed anything due to a sore back. That's at least a a really encouraging sign. He's played pretty much every other game, whether it's a back-to-back, whether it's uh, uh, just a tough rest disadvantage kind of game. He's played pretty much everything else. And for him to be able to do that is really encouraging. And honestly, like his consistency has been pretty good. Like, I, I know people sometimes have questions about him, but the consistency in general has just been very, very solid and not what you would expect from a player like him who is still trying to figure some things out. Ever since he returned, he's averaging 15.5 points on 47% from the field, 37% from three. He's down to 69.2% from three in the last 11 games. And that's something where he definitely needs to improve. I think in general, he probably needs to continue to be an impactful steals and blocks guy. But I really liked what he did against Phoenix. I really liked what he did against Cleveland. I liked what he did against the LA Clippers. There's been some really good moments for him defensively, even if they haven't included a whole bunch of steals and blocks. So he's probably not going to get credit for being a great steals and blocks guy and for being a great defensive guy because of that. But I do think that he's taking strides. The one thing that you just need to continue to look for is the skill development on the offensive end. Can he continue to be better from a ball handling standpoint, from a handoff standpoint, coming off of screens, things like that? He hasn't improved enough in that regard, but baby steps. I would rather him focus on the defense anyway. So as long as he is focused on that and making strides, I think that Denver is going to be just fine. B plus, and honestly, I might kick it up to a B if we're being honest. He's uh, like the the missed thirteen games in a row. That was tough, but Denver survived. Aaron Gordon, who's actually fifth on the team in total minutes played, which I, I was kind of surprised by. Aaron Gordon gets an A. He has been awesome for Denver this year. There's no other way to slice it. He has been very good. 
He leads the team in blocks right now. He is leading the team in dunks. Very, very efficient. And the only guy who's really more efficient than him is Nikola Jokic. Uh, Just been a very, very helpful player for what the Nuggets have needed. Probably still needs to improve on the defensive end at times. Uh, He's one of those guys that I think his reputation still has him as just this, as what can be an awesome defender. He's more just been solid. And he has areas and, and points in time where he's spectacular or fantastic or awesome. I think he probably needs to get to that a little bit more frequently in general. Like I think his season on offense has been better than his season on defense in general, but that's okay. The only thing that really stands out to me, 64.5% from the three from the free throw line, that needs to be better. Uh, it's one of the lower marks on the team, and Denver's not a good team from the free throw line, but he is second on the team in free throw attempts because of how physical he is and how much he's trying to get to the line. So he could be better in that regard for sure. But overall, he gets an A because he has been stable. He's been very consistent. 36 games played out of 41. Definitely been helpful for what this Nuggets team has required of him. And I continue to think that he probably has this. He probably has the best chance among all Denver players to get to the All Star game, depending on how you feel about Jamal Murray. And I think that he's gotten a lot of credit. Everybody's like, "Oh, you know who we who we really need to talk about is Aaron Gordon." Well, if everybody says it, then I don't know how much you really need to talk about it. He's been really good. He's been great. Jamal Murray is next on the ascending minutes chart. Aaron Gordon has played 1,070 minutes. Jamal Murray's played 1,074, which I'm not sure what people were expecting from Jamal for a minutes perspective. I had him at about 1,900 in general. That's what I expected from him. He's on pace to exceed that. He's on pace to be at about 2,150 in general. I think that he will probably have a lower minute total over the course of the rest of the season, just because Denver's not going to need to play him that much more. But as he continues to ramp up and get better, Denver's going to have to find ways to see how frequently he can play 40 minutes. He's had those moments so far in the uh, the front half of the season, and he's had some big-time moments. The buzzer beater against Portland stands out. He had a great game against Utah, had some great games and great moments against the Miami Heat. Phoenix Suns, even though those weren't full games, those were important moments in time where he stepped up when the Nuggets needed him to. And it meant that Nikola Jokic didn't have to in those situations or or was at least being assisted in those situations. Jamal's making progress. There's no doubt about that. His finishing on two-pointers has been better. His finishing on threes has been better in general. He's up to 38%. That's pretty good, honestly. Like if if you told me that he shot 38% from three in the playoffs, I'd be okay with that. It's pretty good. It's hard to to really argue with it. He probably needs to shoot better than 48.6% on twos. He probably needs to be above 50, but he'll get there. I think he's progressing in the right direction in that regard. But in general, I just I'm very impressed with his ability to stay the course in this situation. He hasn't ever wavered in terms of what his goals were, in terms of what the plan was, how he's trying to progress back. So I'm going to give him a B. He's not quite like previous Jamal Murray. He's shown flashes of it for sure. There have been pockets of it, whether it's a full game, whether it's a stretch of games, whether it's a quarter, whatever. He's shown a lot in that stretch to give me the confidence that he's going to show up in the playoffs, that he's going to be even better than he is now. And that is a really, really exciting place to be. He's a gamer. And for him to show up in these situations, it's been nice. It's been really, really nice to have Jamal back, for sure. Bruce Brown, B+. plus. I don't have it as an A. I debated whether B+, plus was the right one or whether I should go higher or lower. I think you could make an argument for either. But Bruce Brown, in terms of his fit with the starters, has been perfect. There's been nobody better that Denver could get than Bruce Brown. 
they needed somebody who they could slot into just about any role. And Bruce Brown, whether he's playing center, whether he's playing point guard, whether he's playing wing, hasn't really mattered. He has been very, very good, very, very helpful. And his ability to make plays as a defender, as a playmaker, as an outside shooter, that has been extremely helpful in his ability to just be malleable to whatever the Nuggets need on a nightly basis. He has 26 total blocks. And Denver, like Aaron Gordon leads the team with 29. Bruce Brown's 6'4". <laughs> like, that's incredible. He's been blocking shots at the free throw line. And what he's been able to do in that basis, or not, not the free throw line, at the three-point line, what he's been able to do has been great. And to see him play 1,153 minutes this year, Michael Malone loves the dude. There is nobody that he would rather have to be his super sub than Bruce Brown. He's basically a fire extinguisher where, and honestly, like that's probably the wrong call because Denver starters are fantastic. He's silly putty where you put him where you need to, you, you mold him into whatever it is. And he's just uh, very malleable to what the Nuggets need for any situation. And that has been a big boost when Porter has gone out, when Murray's been out, when Aaron Gordon has taken some some time off. There's been a lot of moments like that throughout the year. Bruce Brown started 19 games as a result. He's played 40 out of 41 and just deserves a lot of credit for how he has approached this season. Two more, and they both get A pluses. KCP, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, has played 1,253 minutes for the Nuggets. He has played 40 out of 41 games averaging 31.3 minutes a night, and just looks like the perfect player to play in Denver and fill the the next version of the Gary Harris role. KCP leads the NBA in three-point percentage right now. 48%. He's taking 4.4 threes per game. It hasn't been like super high volume. There are times where he shoots more. There are times where he shoots less. But what I do know is that the shots that he's getting are really good. And he's also just shooting the ever-loving hell out of the ball. The shot that he took in transition, there was one where he was on a dead sprint running the fast break. And I don't know if he knew that he was going to pull up, but it certainly felt like when you're running the fast break and Aaron Gordon's on one side of the court, Jamal Murray's on the other, Michael Porter's on the other wing, and KCP's dribbling the ball up after Jokic's outletted in the pass, basically. It's really easy for KCP to make decisions in that situation because everybody else is a threat. Everybody else, like if you are, if you're Aaron Gordon in that situation, you're running for a lob. If you're Jamal Murray, you're you're spacing out to the corner. Michael Porter, he's on the wing. He's waiting for KCP to kick it out to him. And KCP, in a four on three, four on three and a half kind of situation, gets to weigh those options, and he's been doing that pretty well. And then he pulled up from three and just knocked it down and looked very competent, very consistent doing it. So I'm very impressed with what KCP has done on both ends of the floor. He draws at least one illegal screen call a game. He likes to throw his head around in terms of showing just how illegal a screen is. And he gets uh, deflections. He gets charges called. Uh, he's just a very, very good defender. And I knew that he would be a great fit. I didn't know that he would be this great of a fit. Uh, he has been fantastic. A plus. A plus. And the Nuggets got him on a contract extension. A very if affordable contract extension. Good stuff. And finally, Nikola Jokic. He's okay. 24.9 points. 11.0 rebounds. 9.7 assists, 1.4 steals, leads the team in total minutes, uh, just over KCP, who played 12.53. Jokic is at 12.66 in his 38 minutes, or his 38 games. He's at 33.3 minutes per game, and he and Murray are each averaging about 15 shots per game. Jokic is obviously going to be more efficient, but it's the degree to how much more efficient he is that has been 
pretty staggering. Uh, He's shooting 61.8% from the field, 37.5% from three, and 81.2% from the line. He's just been spectacular and deserves so much credit. He leads the NBA in plus minus right now. He has been the leading candidate in MVP, in my opinion. And he's just like, it's just another fantastic year. There was a brief time where he wasn't aggressive enough. There was a brief time where he wasn't locked in enough defensively. But I think he was one of those guys that kind of figured it out a little bit sooner than everybody else. And everybody else kind of followed suit for what was expected of them based off of what Jokic was doing. So gets a lot of credit for that. Deserves a lot of love. A plus in my book. He's had a great year. All right, let's take another break. When we come back, we are going to wrap things up with the two-man combos chart. We'll be right back. Final segment, pickaxe and roll. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. This one will be a quick one here. Just wanted to kind of promo the two-man net rating chart that I like to do. It's on my Twitter feed. If you're interested, go back and look at it. It's the green and red chart that has all of the listed names of the players. And basically, whoever uh, in the box, there's a number. And that number is basically reflective of when the player on the left and the player on the top, when that is lined up, when those guys are on the court, what is their net rating? How much, how good are they together? Or how good is the team when those guys are on the floor together? I think it's an interesting chart. Uh, one of the, my main, actually, let's just go through some takeaways here in general. The starters plus Bruce Brown are almost universally elite. The lowest number outside of two is plus 8.8 with Nikola Jokic and Bruce Brown and Kenny Pope and Bruce Brown. Jamal Murray, Bruce Brown, and Michael Porter, Bruce Brown are other combos that have not really worked in general. Those are ones where it's more overlapping with the bench when Porter was staggering with the bench, when Murray staggering with the bench. Plus 2.9 for Murray, though. That's pretty sustainable. The problem is that when you add in bones to that, as opposed to adding in Jokic, that really reflects what the what the bench lineups have looked like versus what the starting lineups have looked like. The starting lineups have been really, really good. As the the top left corner of uh, the top left quadrant of this chart is just so solidly green, that should give everybody a lot of excitement. That's a a very important thing. In a direct kind of comparison to that, the bottom right quadrant is very red. It is still very red. It's still been Denver's biggest issue on the season. They've had some things every now and then, some different comparisons where a lot of those guys pair well, reasonably well together when they're with Jokic or when they're with multiple starters. But when they're when it's a mostly bench group, the Nuggets have had a ton of struggles so far. It's been too bad. But in general, the chart should really represent the Joker's incredible, and KCP is incredible too. His numbers are almost as uh, purely solid and and purely green across the board as Jokic's are. Uh, the only negative number that KCP has is when he's sharing the court with Jeff Green, and I'm not even really sure when that happened. I'm trying to trying to think back about those minutes, but there's not a ton of them in general. What everybody should really be excited about, though is when Denver, when they find opportunities to stagger KCP with the bench, it has worked. KCP's uh, net rating with Bones, 1.9. His net rating with Christian Brown, 0.6. With Vlaku, it's 13.2. And with Zeke, it's 13.9. So the recent lineups that have featured KCP, Vlaku Chanchar, and Zeke Naji, all been really, really good. Small sample size, to be clear. Don't want to uh, take anything too seriously on this one, but that's one of the trends that we're seeing. It's been a little bit better than when KCP is with DeAndre Jordan, but even with DeAndre Jordan, it's still plus 0.9. So maybe KCP staggers with the bench a little bit more when the playoffs roll around 
That would not surprise me in the slightest. He's just a solid vet that they can trust. Aaron Gordon should also probably stagger more. I didn't have enough data. Uh, I, I use minimum 100 possessions in order to uh, basically in, – in order to figure out, okay, which lineups have played enough to really justify putting a number here. Aaron Gordon and Zeke Naji have not played enough together in order to really figure that out. I think that because Vlaco has been really steady, been really good over the course of these past, I don't know, 20 games or so, Aaron Gordon hasn't played a lot with the bench. But if I am the Nuggets, that's one of the things that I am trying to look for during the second half of the season. Can Aaron Gordon and Zeke Naji play together and play well? without Nikola Jokic. What does that lineup look like? I have a sneaking suspicion that it'll look pretty good, especially on the defensive end. So let's see if that's a thing. It wouldn't surprise me if Denver's bench lineup heading into the playoffs was something like Bones, Jamal, Bruce Brown, Aaron Gordon, Zeke Naji. So you take Vlaco out of it and you just put Aaron Gordon back in. Pretty good. Pretty good. That could be a game five, game six, game seven kind of lineup as opposed to a game one, game two, game three kind of lineup, just when you really need to get a win. Um, Bones, still probably the tipping point, still probably the guy that you're thinking about when Denver needs uh, to figure some stuff out. With Bruce Brown, his net rating, Bones Highlands, is minus 13.2. With Jamal Murray, it's still minus 9.1. That's improving in general, but it could be better. Bones with Michael Porter, minus 13.4. That needs to be better. That's one where you take a big, big look at that one, see if that could be a viable bench pairing. But so far, it really hasn't been too many pressure points so far defensively if those guys are out there. But that's something that Denver's going to need to figure out because I have to imagine that with Jamal, they're going to want to stagger him a ton. But maybe they want to play him with Nikola Jokic more. At various points, maybe they'd rather not overlap those, or maybe they'd not stagger those guys' minutes, and they'd instead like to stagger Michael Porter's minutes. I don't know. I have to figure that out, but it wouldn't surprise me if that's something that needs to be done. Um. Next one. It's okay that Christian Brown isn't playing every night. This is probably not a super popular take when it comes to Nuggets fans. But Christian Brown's numbers from a net rating perspective have not been good. He has three total positive plus minuses. With Nikola Jokic, which everybody should. With Aaron Gordon, which basically everybody should. The only guy who doesn't is Bones. And with uh, KCP, who has been positive with just about everybody too. So Christian Brown fits in really well with what the starters have done. Fits in really well around the Jokic, Aaron Gordon, KCP uh, factor. There are things that he can still improve upon. There are things that he can still get better with, though. And those things have really affected his bench minutes, I think, where they probably need somebody who's a little bit more consistent, can run some pick and roll a little bit, can break down a defense a little bit more. Christian Brown's still learning how to do that. Guys like KCP... Bruce Brown, they figured out how to do that a little bit more just as they're older. And when you think about it, Casey or Christian Brown right now is the 10th man. He's been the 10th man for a while here, hasn't played consistently over the course of these last, I don't know, five, six, seven games. And it's been okay. Denver's won. They've been really good. And it hasn't killed the Nuggets, especially on defense during that time. They've actually been really good on defense, even without Christian Brown. It hasn't been about Christian Brown that Denver's defense has been better. Christian Brown doesn't make their defense worse, I don't think. But what I do think is that the veterans needed a reminder that they had to play defense. It wasn't just going to be put onto Christian Brown entirely. They figured some stuff out. And I am hopeful that he continues to get better in general. But it's going to take a while. Like This this is going to be a process. And it might not be this year where Christian Brown figures it out. 
Next takeaway here, um, Vlaco and Zeke, they have the best combination among the bench bigs at minus 1.2 points per 100. They might be the best bench big combo. Or you've got Jeff, you've got DeAndre, you've got Vlaco, you've got Zeke. Vlaco Zeke has been really good. Uh, Jeff and DeAndre, minus 11.7. Jeff and Zeke, minus 5.1. Vlaco and DeAndre, minus 10.6. Vlaco and Zeke, minus 1.2. I think that's notable, honestly. I think that grouping right there, that's an important one to figure out. DeAndre and Zeke haven't played a ton together, though I don't suspect that it would go that well. And I think it's important to just continue to figure out just what those guys can do, Vlaco and Zeke, that is, because of how young they still are. This is a great time to figure that out right before the trade deadline, and Denver's going to have another month. They're going to have to figure that out for sure. Um, and finally, there's still only six players that I trust. I truly trust. Everything else at that point is basically guesswork. You've got Jokic, KCP, Bruce Brown, Jamal Murray, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter. I feel great about that six. I feel great about Bruce Brown's ability to sub in for just about any of those guys, except for Jokic, and be good. Be really, really good. I think that Denver's got a lot of flexibility with that group, and guys like Bones, Christian Brown, Jeff Green, Zeke Naji, Flacco, guys like that, they can all fit into whatever the general theory is with the starters. I think they can. Where it gets a little bit concerning is when you have more than three of those starters off the court at any given time, and we're just going to have to figure out what that looks like during the rest of this season. All right, that's all I've got, and that is going to do for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support on the podcast. As always, I'll be back tomorrow following the Nuggets game against the LA Clippers. There'll be a late game. I'll have an article up on Mile High Sports. Make sure to go check that one out. And obviously, the podcast will ensue. Should be very good. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Talk to you guys very soon. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.